All right, y'all, this is episode three of season three of the Positive Vibe Enthusiasts. And of course, I'm your host, Tashi. And tonight we have a few of our usual suspects. Um, we are down one. She will return at some point. And we also have a special guest. But I will start off with the usual suspects. How the hell are you, Alonzo? How's things going? Oh, man, it's, it's beautiful right now. Getting ready for uh, my seven-day break from work. So Ooh. everything good. All right. We heard that. I'm excited to hear that. And Tracy, how are you? How How is this week outside of your um, surgery? How's your recovery? Um, Recovery is great. No complaints there. Um, But this heat on the other hand, I don't know what's going on with Chicago, but baby, it's been high here. Well, I kind of feel like you better hold on to that heat because you know what's coming, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't remind me, okay? Because that's right around the corner. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, you turn around, it's like that man breathing on your neck. That, right. That's winter. Yeah. Whole hulk. <laughs> Enjoy it. <Mm-mm>. And, <laughs> you know... Siobhan usually is with us. She will be with us a little bit later so she can update us at that time. But we're super excited. We have a special guest. We have Taye Yohuru coming straight out of Cape Verde today. And I just want to tell you guys, he is a author. He's a musician. And he's a world traveler. 70 countries and counting. How are you doing, Taye? All is well, Queen. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for coming. We appreciate having you. And I did want to ask you a few questions before we get started into our questioning. I wanted to ask, how did you get into traveling? And when did you start traveling? Um, I started traveling when I was young. My mom, she used to drive the Greyhound. So I took my first trip with my mom. My sister, we go to places like Detroit, Chicago, places within driving distance. So that's when I kind of developed, you know, my love for traveling and, you know, seeing new cultures and trying new foods and, you know, meeting new people and different things like that. That's what's up. And you said you're, so you grew up in the Midwest then, huh? Yeah, definitely. We're, me, me, Tracy, and Alonzo, we're all from the Midwest as well. So we definitely understand the... The culture. I th- I kind of feel like the Midwest has a little bit of Southern hospitality mixed in with it. A lot of Southern hospitality. You guys agree? Oh, yes. yeah. I don't yeah, know. Definitely. I kind of disagree. What? Most of the people that are up here are from the South. I mean, you know, I haven't been home. Well, I haven't lived in Chicago. You know, it's been almost 15 years now, but when I first moved down here, it, it seemed like the Southern hospitality was a lot stronger here than it was back home. Of course. It may, it may, yeah. it may have changed now. It may have changed now. No, no. it ain't changed. No. Guess what? Those people coming out the North and going to the South. But... Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Most definitely. <laughs> Hasn't changed. You know, you got to have a different swag when you, when you up North. That's true. That's and true. And then if you think about it, you know, the pace here in comparison to some places down south is totally different. 
Like we are like upbeat, fast, quick with it up here. Whereas somewhere like Mississippi, they're a little bit on the slower side. Okay, well, that got me a question for Ty. So you're in, I'm going to stick with Cape Verde. I know I'm saying that not, I'm saying that the American way. But <laughs> what are some of the, um, how is it there? So would you consider it the hospitality like Southern? Are they very welcoming? It has to be very nice for you to want to be there. So explain to us like how the culture is there. How, how are they welcoming you there as an American? Oh yeah, Cape Verde is real cool. It's real laid back. Like you say, it's slow. It's not a lot of people here. It's maybe five hundred thousand people, but it's ten different islands, so they kind of spread out. Oh. Um, it's slow. You know, it's not a lot of crime. It's real low key, laid back. The people are very welcoming. Africans, in general, around the continent, you know, they usually very welcoming of African Americans. A lot of African Americans pass through Cape Verde before they were, you know taken to America, so. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Mm. And you know, I'm glad you said that because I kind of feel like the stigma here with Black Americans is that Africans won't be as welcoming to us. That's yes. kind of a, a stigma here, so I'm glad you spoke on that, too. You said something about the stigma. Yes, I was saying that here in America, uh, with Black Americans that I've spoken with, that I've came across, they feel like um, Africans or going to Africa won't be as welcoming. And it's, it's good to hear that you're saying, at least your experience, that everyone's been very welcome and Africans in general are very, very nice and welcoming because I feel like that is not the narrative that's being spread here amongst um, African-Americans about Africans. So I was happy you said that. I've heard that my whole life. Africans don't like us and this and that, but it's just a lot of misconceptions because you know, you look at the things that happen to black Americans in America, you know, we see people like George Floyd getting choked to death or you see black Americans shopping in Asian businesses and even some of the things that we may do to ourselves in our own communities. We really don't see African people acting violent and attacking us. You know what I'm saying? Just from mm -hmm. my experience, they educated, hardworking people, pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. So. I don't know. Everything about uh, Africa is usually stigmatized. It's usually negative. It is. And it's important yeah. us to have these conversations so we can get educated and, and know that it's, it's not. Because I have to be honest, my experience has not been negative with, um, with Africans. I, if I have to be honest, I haven't had um, negative experiences. It's just been word of mouth of just some some bullshit probably <laughs> somebody else repeating you know so that's how that goes and i also you know we spoke about you being an author and i wanted to um i just wanted to have to take this moment real quick before we get started into questions that you can tell us more about about your book um the afro set and what's it about and what was the inspiration behind the book okay the afro set was a black power organization that was founded in Cleveland in the 1960s. Um, my uncle, he was one of the co-founders of the Afro set. So Afro was short for African. And this group was like at the forefront of reintroducing African-Americans or Black Americans to African history, African fashion, African culture, African music, African art. You know what I'm saying? Different things like that. They would teach the kids Swahili. Um, they would make dashikis and Afrocentric necklaces and 
paintings and different things like that. You know, they would do plays, they would do poetry readings, they opened up a theater, they had classrooms, they were very educational, they had classes on diabetes and sickle cell and economics and self-defense. They would go to the farm, they would train, do military drills, they would do target practice, they would train with the machetes. Um, they did community policing. So when people came into the community and they were pimping or prostituting, they would run them out. They were running dope houses. They would take the dope, run the drug dealers out. They would confront the police. You know, it's a very exciting book. It's rebellions and shootouts and riots and, you know, a lot of different things that took place in the city of Cleveland that we are not taught about, you know. Wow. That's, that's, that's dope. Like the fact that you were able to compile all that in and put it in a book. That's, that's great. Have you, have you been shopping this around to universities? No, not yet. Cause it was like, I finished it like right during COVID. So, mm. you know, this last year, I just been spending a lot of time going on different podcasts and radio shows and different things to promote it that way and via social media as well. But it's a historical account. So I feel like, you know, it's not like a novel or something where it's going to be dated, where it's like, if you don't buy it now, then, you know, it's going to be old because it's still a, a lot of new information that people still need to access. So I think maybe I may start small with the HBCUs or something like that and then try to reach out to maybe the bigger universities and hopefully, you know, they'll take note of it. Well, we have HBCUs down here in Houston. So, you know, they was at Prairie View. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, we got that down here. Actually, you never know. So, yeah, definitely that's something we can talk about after the show, but I think that is important, and, and that's that's something that can be, you know, need to be spoke about, because I had no clue about the Afro set, and definitely didn't know anything about that in Cleveland, especially being so close to Chicago. Like, I got no clue. Well, Were you going to say a lot, though? No, I was going to just step in. I wanted to ask him a question. Um, I know he said his uncle was one of the co-founders, and um, just listening to their mission and uh, the way they was headed, I was wondering, was your uncle part of like the uh, Panther movement also? Um, well, the thing is, my uncle's group came out around the same time as the Panthers. So mm. in general, they was fighting for the same thing, but they had different approaches. So the Black Panthers was more political they was more involved into socialism and communism and i don't know if y'all seen the movie the judas and the black messiah mm -hmm. but fred hampton like he was working with he would work with the asians he would work with the whites he would work with the puerto ricans he would work with the native americans but the afro set was more like a separatist group they only wanted to work with black people and their focus was more african history african culture like a lot of the black panthers they kept their American name. So you had Bobby Seale, you had Huey Newton, Fred Hampton, Angela Davis, and so forth. But the people in my uncle's group, they all changed their names to African names. So they was like really trying to go back with it. Because back then, you know, they didn't have internet and they didn't teach any African history at all. You know, if they did, it was real negative or real primitive. So they, they came out around the same time as the Panthers and they were fighting for the same things, but they just had a different method. Gotcha. I understand. Which, which, which method do you guys think is better? I mean, or, or which, which approach? Because um, I can see a lot of benefits in going back to 
our African roots, you know, and then I also can see trying to the, the political side of it, trying to work with everyone since we're here, let's try to work along with everyone. Do you think, um, cause both are still around. Like we may not call it the black Panthers, but we still have people out here that's trying to push the agenda and vice versa. So I guess which approach do you think we should, I guess, breathe more light in is my question. I think I, I like exactly what you said, uh, Tashi, um, where having both approaches is important. I think that where our history is concerned for African-Americans or black people, wherever you like to categorize yourself or how you like to be labeled. Um, I think that it's always been important for us to learn about ourselves and to have a more unified community which I think is something that we definitely struggle with in this country. We have issues with colorism. We have issues with, you know, uh, you know, the, the money barriers within our own community. The, the crabs in a barrel mentality is very big. We, one of us makes it and that means it, it can only be one of us. There, there's very limited thinking and resources for us a lot of times. And I think that if there was more of a focus in teaching the unity of black communities, that would be a huge piece in us being able to advance as a people. So I definitely recognize that, but also I'm very much on the same page of the Panthers of trying to incorporate all disenfranchised groups because, I mean, if anybody is familiar with uh, Bacon's Rebellion, when slavery began to let up a bit, you had a lot of indentured servants who were here and indentured servants and slaves had teamed up and essentially had a revolt against the government and almost overthrew it. And at that point, that was when Irish immigrants and Italian immigrants had the ability to elect themselves as white. In which case, before that, you were not white unless you were a, a land-owning male who had been born in America at that point, which it, it was very limited to be able to be called white. But at that point, they gave them the ability to be white, in which it didn't change the quality of their lives. They weren't making more money at that point, but they were regarded as slightly better than black, and nobody wanted to be that. So I think that the, the methodology that Fred Hansen and other people who were part of the Panthers were looking at is that, really, we're, we are no better. You're not rich. You're not one of them. You're just like me. So if we had that going on, too, like, we need support. Black people are not the majority in this country. So yeah, it's great when we can have a tight-knit community, but also we still have limited resources within ourselves. So I think there needs to be some access or some connection to groups outside of the Black community as well. Okay. And y'all, that is Siobhan. She is back with us, if you didn't know. All right. Surprise! <laughs> Well, how, how do you feel? How do you feel, Alonzo? Um, well, I, I I could see I could see both points of view. You know, I could see definitely um, the approach that his uncles took, and I could definitely see the approach that the Panthers took. Me personally, I would I would more lean lean towards the lines of the approach that his uncles took because, mm -hmm. uh, as Siobhan said, you know, you definitely want to have allies, but you got to understand, you got to know yourself and you got to love yourself and, and mm -hmm. you know, um, be able to take care of your own community before, you know, you start trying to branch out and, and looking for allies and looking for other people that want to, you know, um, help, you know, and 
if you think about it, we do have those resources. I mean, African-Americans, we have the most buying power. You know, we just don't have the the seller's power. That's what we're missing, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think about, like, when we had, like, Black Wall Street and, you know, before segregation when we were doing, like, great. And we we were really setting trends, you know, and um, really making a way. And that's why they they destroyed Black Wall Street, you know, because they saw the power that we, you know, we possessed. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you feel, Tracy? Um, well, y'all have already said a lot <laughs> that I don't need to repeat. I just feel like if it was a way that we could combine it all, that would be fine. But in a sense, I push more towards learning our history because if we don't know it, then we don't know where we came from, who we are and why we may be the way that we are. So definitely, I would definitely go with his uncle's approach um, so we can get an understanding of ourselves and, you know, who, who we are as African-Americans, Blacks, however you want to see it, say it. Um, but I think that's very important. You know, and one other question for you, Tai. Did your uncle's um, traditions does your family still practice it? I guess is my question. Did, did those, did that help um, set some type of um, your family on a different trajectory, I guess? Um, I think so in part, you know, obviously with me and some of my other family members, I mean, we still celebrate things like Kwanzaa and the seven principles, you know, those are African Afrocentric holidays and things like that. So my great grandfather, which is my uncle's, grandfather my mother's brother you know he was a member of the unia and he was a follower of marcus garvey so he was a part of that great migration when the black people started leaving the south and relocating to the north for better jobs and a better way of life and then when they kind of got up there you know to chicago and cleveland and they like oh you know this is uh, almost as bad as the south so they tried to organize <laughs> and you know garvey was definitely for black people going back to africa and you know, stuff like that. So, you know. Um, that's, that's, that's good. Were you, were you going to say, Siobhan? I was going to say, I want to make the pilgrimage back to Africa, too. And uh, when you brought up Kwanzaa, y'all, can we celebrate Kwanzaa together this year? I don't know anything about it. I, I mean, I am very ignorant to um, Kwanzaa. And quite frankly, I'm ignorant to Christmas, too, because um, I just don't quite understand, you know, the, the stories behind it. Um, it, yeah, I don't really understand. I mean, we celebrate Christmas, of course, you know, but like legit, like I don't really understand what Christmas is about. Fast, I have to be honest, I don't understand it. I, I mean, I, I so when you actually, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you bring up Kwanzaa again. I would love to celebrate Kwanzaa, but especially because I feel like. One, I don't, I'm not Christian. I don't identify as Christian. I don't participate in uh, Christianity at all. Um, but the, the the holiday of Christmas is, the, the message was supposed to be about Christ. You're supposed to give gifts, air quotes, in honor of the three wise men giving gifts to Christ, you know, when they, 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 your Savior is born. But I don't believe in that at all. I mean, there's nothing that says generosity or growth or helping or community or anything about Christmas when people are waiting outside of Walmarts and fighting in Walmarts to get the same big screen TV for a hundred dollars. I mean, what happens to the TVs y'all got the year before? I'm always curious about that. Like 
you get in line again for the same stuff. I, anyway, neither here nor there. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's more about commercialism and just spending. Whereas I feel that the principles of Kwanzaa are actually more about community and togetherness. And I don't remember all the names. I, I remember Umoja and uh, Kuji Chakalia, but I would rather like actually try to do that and try to build and really just create memories around that for us than to keep going into Christmas and be in buying mode all the time, if that makes sense. And Taye gives tours, and this is a great opportunity for him to kind of elaborate on those tours because he has one coming up in September. So this is something Ooh. that you might be interested in and our other listeners. So okay. if you wouldn't mind, Taye, let us know about the tour. Oh, okay, definitely. Um, yeah, right now we have seven tours. Uh, to different African countries. So Africa has more countries than any other continent in the world. Africa is the most genetically diverse continent in the world. So it's like the beaches, the landscapes, the animals, the wildlife, the humans, the culture, the language, the food. You know what I'm saying? It's the best of the best. Even with the minerals, they got diamonds, gold, platinum, oil. Africa has everything, you know, to offer. So right now we go to places like Egypt, so the tour to Egypt, it kind of focuses on that ancient African history. If you want to know 5,000, 10,000, 3,000 years ago, we go to um, the Red Pyramid, the Bent Pyramid, the Step Pyramid, the Pyramid of Giza. We go see the Sphinx. We go to the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens, Hatshepsut's Temple, Abu Simbel, Luxor, and a lot of other places. And um, we have another tour in Ghana. The tour for Ghana and Senegal, they focus more so on the transatlantic slave trade. We learn, you know, we've been taught a lot of misconceptions about what happened to us and how we got to America and different things like that. So we get an African perspective. We go to the slave dungeons, the slave ports, the door of no return. We learn about the Ashanti people. Um, we learn about the Dinkra printing, the Kente cloth. And we tap into that West African culture. Uh, we got a tour to South Africa. We learn about apartheid, Nelson Mandela, Winnie Mandela. We go to Robben Island. We go to Johannesburg. We go to Cape Town. Um, we got another tour. We go to Kenya. Kenya, that's more so focused on the safaris, the animals, the wildlife. Um, we have a tour to Ethiopia. So basically, the tours are educational tours, and they are constructed to clear up a lot of misconceptions that we have about African people in the continent mm -hmm. of Africa. So I've taken middle school students, high school students, young adults, elders, you know, it's something for everybody in Africa. Okay. That's amazing. That sounds like, yeah, that's, that's dope. I am um, all for that. Um, I did Egypt uh, two years ago, right before COVID had happened. So after that, I wanted to see more of Africa, and the only thing, I didn't get to go, I didn't have enough time, I was trying to go to Aswan, because I heard that there are more darker-skinned Black Egyptians there, and so I wanted to go there and um, have a felucca ride, on, or sleep on the Nile for the night, but with the, the trip to Ghana, are you, are, is it just your touring services, or are um, flight and accommodations included in the tour? How does this all work? How, do, how can I get on board with it? Okay, so the tours, they include, they include a round-trip flight from a destination city, so we usually leave from the East Coast. Okay. Depending on which country, you know, we may leave from New York, D.C., Boston, 
uh, Baltimore or something like that. So the tour includes a round trip flight from the destination city. So that's where everybody meet at. And we take off from there and we come back. But it includes the hotel. It includes the breakfast. It includes the dinner. And it includes all of the activities. So like you say, you've been to Egypt. It would include the ride on the Nile. It would include the camel ride. It would include the Cairo Museum and, you know, going into the pyramids. Everything on the itinerary mm-hmm. would be covered. And then it includes flight insurance, travel insurance. So if you, if you get sick, like um, I had a tour in January, somebody had got COVID and they couldn't make the tour Then they got a refund. You know, it works like mm-hmm. that. So. Okay. Yes. Travel insurance, y'all, is so important. I will attest to that. So that's good to know that that includes the travel insurance. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in getting on board with uh, the Ghana trip. Is that how do we go about signing up or finding out on pricing? Like, can we take whole families? What, how, do, how do we get in? How do we get in? How do I get in? I can't speak for everybody. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, like I say, everybody is welcome. All the tours is the same price. So it's $2,800. You could do a payment plan. So if you want to plan for next year, the year after, or if you want to go next week, you know, you can pick your own dates. As long as I don't have another tour already scheduled, then it's open. And, you know, if you bring more people, it'll be, you know, a greater discount for that matter. Okay. And my website, I have a website, is campcleveland.org. Um, my social media, my Facebook is Camp Cleveland. My YouTube is Camp Cleveland, IG, uh, Camp Cleveland as well. Okay. Okay. And we're going to repeat again at the end of the show as well. So, so y'all, are Don't. we going to Ghana or, or not? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely down this. to go. You know, you had me at Camel Ride, so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there. And I, I felt like Alonzo was going to say something before I go on to the next question. Were you going to say something, uh, Alonzo? No, I was just going to say that I'm glad that, you know, he actually do tours to like Ethiopia because growing up, that was like a big misconception. You know, everybody always saw the commercials like the, the real sickly looking Ethiopians and you could feed them for like 10 cents a day. And you know that, that yeah. propaganda mm-hmm. that they fed us, but Ethiopia is beautiful. Like they have some of the most beautiful landscapes, some of the most beautiful people. It's it's a beautiful country. Well, yes. My mom yeah. worked um, for years um, in Chicago in the public housing. A lot of her residents were from Ethiopia. And I can attest, my mom has all these, my mom has a lot of children. Like she may not have gave birth to y'all, but I know y'all her kids. So <laughs> she, she has a lot of, right. two of her daughters are from Ethiopia and they are gorgeous like models like Mm -hmm. and everyone like they're really pretty and um i also i think that ethiopia is like is that like one of the only free countries or they never got overtaken by anyone or something like that with ethiopia something with their history i feel like they never got overtaken yeah yeah during um so basically when slavery happened you know they took the slaves from all around africa so at simultaneously they uh carved africa up into what we know it as today the 60 countries and Mm -hmm. ethiopia was the only area that wasn't actually colonized so they had wars and different things going on but they never was you know colonized they weren't going they said get out of here that's that hopper shop just say get out of here get out of here (laughs) that's Awesome. I'm really glad that you're working to dispel a lot of myths and rumors about Africa as well. And uh, Alonzo, like you were saying, Ethiopia. Like, um, I don't know if y'all remember 
the National Geographic magazines, and it, it was a show as well. I do. But um, National Geographic was easily one of the biggest contributors to myths and stereotypes about African countries being poor, um, depicting the African women topless at every chance they could get. And they, I think it was two or three years ago, they finally um, sent out an apology saying that they had been doing that, that they absolutely sensationalized focusing on topless black women, focusing on making it, look, at it's just the Sahara and you might get eaten by a lion and there's nothing but poor black people here. They built a huge empire on pushing those specific images because most of their white readers would take it and look at it and thought, oh my gosh, look at them. Look at how different they are from us. So they recognized the market in that. And because of that, black people who had limited resources to learn about Africa before the internet as well, thought, looked at it and thought the same things that, wow, this is it. So if you have limited history in your country about what you can even learn about yourself. And then this is the outside telling you, hey, yeah, we're also researching in Africa and sending you pictures about it then that definitely is detrimental to the image that a lot of us got. So I am so on board and so proud and so happy to hear what you're doing, Tay, about trying to educate people and giving people this opportunity. And also for the record, $2,800 to put that in perspective to you in terms of travel is very inexpensive. And when, when you talk about you have payment plans for that as well, that makes it even that much more affordable. I mean, let, let's put this in perspective. There are some ladies out here with wigs on that cost more than that. So if you can <laughs> spring for a wig. <laughs> or, 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 those, or that new caboose in Miami. Or, or yeah, I mean, especially when they're running that special. Right. That special, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it, it, I would rather spend $2,800 <laughs> on getting some real life history and education in another country and an entire trip, tasting food, experiencing culture, being able to see where slaves were kept and where slaves escaped because not all of us were caught. But to learn more about yourself than to potentially end up in ER for a discount booty, this makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we appreciate you. And we go. Yeah, I mean, oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate y'all too. What what what'd you say? Were you gonna say, Alonzo? No, I I was just go uh kind of kind of piggyback off of what Siobhan said because twenty eight hundred is not expensive at all, especially if you're looking at it as an investment because mm -hmm. you know that's that's an experience like that you that's a once in a lifetime experience that mm -hmm. some people may come across. So definitely, we need to look into that. Yes, it's affordable and it's something that, yeah. And how cool with that we all can go together. If we can figure out our schedules and we all can go together, bring our people, let's let's do it. Right. Oh, grab yeah, your mamas, grab your grandbabies, got everybody. Yeah, let's do it. Cause that, that is that is a, a great price. That is not that's inexpensive. Okay, guys. So I got some other questions that's not as serious about our um, you know, our history and traveling and and building communities up. I had some other things that came up this week that just had me just go, hmm. So I learned this week, you guys, that going forward, um, that babies being born in certain states, you know, um, mm. they will not be assigning gender at birth. Mm. And I just had some questions about this because I was having a casual conversation with someone and I made a comment, whatever 
led up to me saying this. It, it, it was kind of funny because I said, well, I don't know because I don't have a penis. And the gentleman that I was talking to laughed and said, thank you for that declaration. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to think about this for a second. Like, if they're not assigning gender at birth, um, what, I mean, I guess, does it, A, does it make a difference? Do you think making a difference? Like, do you think it's, it's, um, do you think that not assigning a gender at birth will make a difference or impact in the child's life going forward is my question to everyone. And I guess I'll start with you, Tracy. I haven't heard from you. What do you think, Tracy? Um, I would have to say no. I don't think that it will make a difference. And I kind of understand why they might start doing this because I feel like this just screams LGBTQ+. plus. Mm. Am I saying that right? It definitely screams that considering a lot of these kids are finding out at such a young age that they don't feel right in their body. Mm. They don't feel like they were born as what they are. You know, they want to be something else. And, you know, I, I don't know. But that's what I'm getting from it. Like, that that just says a lot about that community and that they might have something to do with this because why else would you not put the gender on the birth certificate? Okay, what 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 do you think, Ty? Oh man, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kinda history and African culture, so Africa the the roles of a man and a woman or a male or female, they're a little more rigid, they're a little more strict. And, but in terms of America, I mean, I guess if it's legal, it's acceptable. Okay. What um, about you, Alonzo? Um, man, I it, it's hard for me to say because, like, I see how you know, like, what's going on with the baby and how they're trying to counsel him and everything. But um, and I don't want to, I don't want to cause no commotion on the show. But I, I don't agree with it. <laughs> I mean, no commotion. It's just an opinion. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm about to cause commotion because... Yeah, yeah I, if, if, <laughs> if I could talk, then I would talk. <laughs> I, I, here, here's the thing. You can talk. And I and it, this is where I've, I... I think, first of all, we need to get rid of cancel culture. Because... You, I've said to Tashi... Right. All of us get have better shows when we don't agree when we're all just like yeah yeah i agree with you that makes for a boring show number one number two you aren't supposed to all be on the same page anyway if we were all on the same page and i said hey you know what i'm gonna jump off this cliff then y'all go get in line right behind me we're exactly we are not all supposed to agree (laughs) on every single thing there is supposed to be some contention that's okay number one number two um yes this is absolutely a, a movement for the lgbtq oh, and, okay and and i, I feel that way. no it, it absolutely is and you know what i first thing that came to mind i hate to say that though you know it, what I'm it screams it 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 absolutely does and you know what i support the lgbtq plus xyz wx triple Z community <laughs> Whatever extra letters they're gonna add in the next two days, I what I don't know, but I support them. I think they are humans. They deserve a place in the world. They deserve human rights. 
However, y'all are about to crap out because you are pushing literally for everything. I get that you want to be included. I get that you want to be recognized. You absolutely have a place in the world, but you are pushing too hard to fit that you are literally trying to knock everybody else out in a way to try and find a place for yourselves. The idea that I can't declare that my child is born a baby girl or baby boy is absurd to me. And I, and I will say also that we need to stop using gender to apply it to everything. There is sex and there is gender. There are two sexes. You were born either male or female. Some people are intersex, meaning that they are born with both organs, in which case now you do have to make a choice on something hardcore before it gets too far on. But essentially, for the most part, rule not exception, you have two sexes, male and female. Genders, you can have nine trillion of them. You can be male, you can be, you can be a man, you can be a woman, you can be a boy, you can be a girl, you can be a unicorn. Nobody cares. But <laughs> the idea that we keep glossing over and trying to use gender to encapsulate sex as well is that's to make people who are part of the LGBTQ trans, the, the T particularly, feel included. And I don't think that eliminating what sex you are, and, and, and I understand that this comes with trans people are attacked a, a lot. You know, there, there's a lot of aggression towards them. There is a ton of murders that happen to trans individuals. So I get it. I get if you have been successfully living your life as a male or as a female when you were not born in that body, then no, you don't want to have to reveal to the world that this is what you are. So I absolutely understand the safety aspect of wanting to protect yourself. However, taking it down to the bare roots of, hey, if we can get rid of this before, you know, we even start getting named, then okay, yeah, but what is everybody going to have? Gender neutral names? Are all babies going to be Tony? Like, or Frankie? Yeah, Frankie? Are you Charlie? <laughs> or, I mean, like, Bobby. what? what are the names going to be now? Well, you, you know, if you can't even talk about what the gender is, but again, you can get around gender and, and create nine trillion genders. You cannot deny sex. And there's only two. And I, I laughed because I actually sent Tachi a meme that I said, this is the kind of stuff that would get me in trouble because uh, cancel culture. But it, I, I, I thought it was hilarious, but it was a. Um, that, that meme of the, the, the chick with the bowl cut and the glasses that's always screaming and the cat at the table, <laughs> the cat at the table on the other side and the, the, the chick with the bowl cut is screaming that there are 52 genders and the cat says there are two genders and 31 flavors of gay and I die. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Like, hey, it is funny. And my thoughts on it is this. Like, I'm like, I'm like completely out the box. My question is, are we just like experiencing in real time evolution? Because I, you know, also heard that, you know, there are humans are currently evolving. Some humans are walking around right now that has three arteries in their arm when other people only have like one or two. Okay. So like that's part of evolution, right? And then I was thinking, okay, so some of these kids don't have access to the internet and all that. Because at first I was thinking, 
maybe everyone is thinking they're in the wrong bodies because they're watching TV and, you know, you kind of just emulate. Like when I was eight years old, I thought I was going to be a cop. I thought I was Batman at some point in my life. All of these things happened to me. So I felt like maybe kids were seeing this on TV and saying, you know what, maybe I'm not Peter. I'm really Paula. Or maybe I'm really not Amy. I feel like Andreas. I don't know. But I, I think that maybe this legit, like some of these kids don't have access to the same, they're not being penetrated with the LGBTQ or whatever agenda. Like they're not being included in that. And they still have these feelings. So is this just evolution? Like, I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like that people maybe legit feel like they're in their wrong bodies. Like, I'm kind of going along with it. But for somebody to feel like they're in their wrong body, that's that's like you saying God made a mistake. Yeah. Haven't we always been taught that, you know, nothing, everything is planned, like nothing happened by coincidence. And and you know what, and that's why, and that's why, and you're right about that. And that's why I refuse to do a lot of things to myself because I am a believer that I am in God's image. I am perfect. There's certain things I won't do. I may joke that I'm going to go down to Miami and get that special, but am I really? Nah, I'm going to do these squats and be happy. But, (laughs) you know, that's my point of view. But I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like everybody can't be saying the same thing, you know? Well, here, I don't here, know. here's the thing, too. Uh, on that note, just to, to go back to Alonzo, everybody don't believe in God. And everybody doesn't that believe too. in the same God is also a, a, a piece of that. But I will say where, Tashi, you're saying, you know, is it evolution? And, you know, is are people all just feeling like they're in the wrong body? I will say this. No, because guess what? <laughs> All of us can't make the leap. And here's what I mean. You have people who are now suddenly identifying as transgender. You have some people who claim to be trans ageist, meaning that it's a 45-year-old man, but I'm actually a four-year-old girl, so you should let me have sleepovers with your daughter. No. What? Yes. Oh, shit. This is a thing. Oh, no. It is a thing. And there's all these new trans things that are are becoming an ongoing thing. And I will say this to you. I bet, I bet if you, myself, and Tracy all tomorrow marched down the city hall and tried to get driver's licenses that declared us as white men, that (laughs) you can shut the whole movement down because what are you gonna say? Are you gonna tell me that these people can be men and those people can be women and that this person can tell you that they are a unicorn and that that man who is 67 years old can tell you that he is a 16 year old girl and should be able to go to the high school and go to the locker rooms here but I cannot be a white man <laughs> I identify get my civil rights attorney right now okay. I'm about to shut shit down but this is what I identify as right try, try me Give me, hike up my taxes. Like get, I, I want all the tax privileges. I want all the best credit scores. I want all the doors to open for me now because I am a white man today. Declared here on the Positive Vibe Enthusiast. Black Cosplay Kitchen be damned. That's just a business name. I'm a white man. <laughs> Said I'm a white man. You know, just, just for ish and giggles, what would be your white man's name? Since oh. Siobhan's dead. I mean, oh, I gotta be Chad. I'm gonna take the whitest white man name I could ever possibly get. Say Chad. Yes. No. <laughs> I can't. 
Okay. Chet, All right. Chet Johnson the third. You can call me Chip for short. Like. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Not Chip. Yes. Okay. Well, that definitely took a, a right turn there. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm only saying that if if you I'm not even joking if. Several black women today said that they were white men and we all tried to go get licenses and tried to have some documentation that reflected that. I bet they'd put it into that trans shit. They're like, all right, now we've gone too far. The blacks are getting in on it. They nope. And they want to be white men. Oh no. <laughs> because then if you if you say no to me, number one. You can't say yes to these other people. You have to shut them down too. But also, if you're willing to say no to me as a black woman who's now decided that I am a white man, then that means that you have to admit something about how this whole system has been running. You have to then come clean and be like, yeah, you're right. That was some bullshit. Yeah, some of it, we went too far. We went too far. You're right. We don't want y'all doing it. That, that was a thing for us, not for you. You're right. Speaking of gentrification, <laughs> I just gentrified the positive vibe enthusiast. How did we travel down this hole? You know, it, it, you know, this is really nice. You know, we we have our first international guest with us because he's from, you know, he's overseas right now, and then we also have our first white male guest tonight on the same show. So, and yeah, I mean, we're just Shit. man making milestones over here on the positive vibe enthusiast. And I mean, Taye, I'm sorry if you're sitting over there terrified now, like, oh man, this Siobhan, I, what did I get into? I'm not coming back here ever again. It's all good. It's all good. I'm probably cool. kicked off the show after today anyway. Like, there, there might be some hate mail coming to Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> it's all positive. I mean, you, we haven't said anything, you know, wrong, to negative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's fine. But I do have a question. So, <laughs> um, this crazy um, crepe challenge y'all been seeing on Instagram, right? Girl, I'm so over it. I've been I've been trying to ignore it to be honest, but I, I can't I can't like go anywhere without seeing it. But I did ignore it exactly. But I did see a post with a um, a white woman doing a challenge <laughs> with the crepes, and somebody somebody um, I'm sorry. It, yeah, it said, I, I don't know, I might have been watching, I seen it on like uh, somebody's Instagram, and they were like, this is gentrification at its finest. <laughs> Man. And I just kind of feel like, we gotta do better, y'all. Like, how we gonna get these crates out the hood? Like, this is stupid. That was what I was thinking. I'm like, first of all, I haven't seen one of those crates since I was in elementary school. Like when we saw the milk, the milk getting delivered to school, I have not seen one of them crates in a decade. How did they magically and mysteriously just formulate in the hood? Where are they coming from? Right. I feel like this is this is and it's nothing but hospital bills resulting from this. Like you know, Biden administration dropping it off. Yeah, I'm like, be. somebody is coming to the hood and stacking these crates and pyramids and just being like, all right, let's, and now we wait. Let's, <laughs> let's, see, let's see what these, what these MFs do. It's, it's almost like that trick where people put that dollar on the string. 
Yeah. You pull any right, right. people. You gotta be quicker than that. Taye, you have to make sure that this crate challenge never makes its way to Africa because I know that like Africans have they have access to the web, they have access to Instagram, they have access to everything now, and they be trying to get on the challenges too. We have to stop this from hitting Africa. You can't let it happen. Man. Right. I saw a quote when someone said the crate is taking out more, I'm just going to say the N word right now, more niggas than, than COVID. <laughs> it, <laughs> is. it is. Right. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so terrible. As soon as I get on Instagram, that's the first thing I see. Yes, the, the injuries are tragic. That Oh my God. And it's like, do y'all not realize what y'all doing to y'all Ain't no hospital beds available. It, it's silly. Well, wait, while we're talking about the crate challenge, and I, we've all tried to not watch it, it's the train wreck you just can't look away from, but <laughs> can we just address the videos that I've seen where it's just some random ass hateful mofo who will come and kick the crates while somebody is walking. Oh yeah, I I I don't like watching that at all. That 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 really. First of all, I don't like seeing anybody fall. I've been like that my entire life. Watching someone fall, it, I do not is it's is not worst. funny to me. It's mm-hmm. always very painful for me to watch. Um, I don't like watching people fall. Um, but that right there, quick call the law. I'm calling I mean, the people after that. I Who mean, did it? Yeah, there, there there's got to be a special hill for you. Like that is. Right. <laughs> I I can't even lie though. I'll probably be the asshole to kick it over. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, cause cause you already doing some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like fuck. <laughs> why, Alonzo? Why? Oh, I'm, I'm an you, asshole. You think you know a person? Okay. okay. <laughs> right. I expected so much more from you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm the asshole that'll kick it over. Yeah. Like, okay, well, moving on from the crates. Alonzo, what happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> is he is he yelling out "f them kids" as he as he pushed right. all, <laughs> day. The all day? All day. <laughs> all day. Jeez. Okay, so moving on real quick, you guys. This is more of a relationship type question. Ty, and I want to know. Yeah, Ty, are you there? Are you hanging in with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears here. This is a relationship question. And this is about more, you know, traditional roles, man and woman in in this situation. It could be anything. But in this circle right here, I think it's safe to say that, you know, we're talking about a man and a woman with dominance and being submissive. And I wanted to know, um, because Tracy sent me a question, which I thought was a good one. But I wanted to ask before I ask the full question, does it matter in the beginning? Does it matter in the beginning if your partner does not make the amount of money that you um, would like them to make, you know, because they may be comfortable in their current salary, but to you, it it may not just be enough. So is that a deal breaker when trying to take a relationship to the next level? If a person is not um, financially where, where you think they should be. Mm. Uh, I mean, for me at this point in my life, man, you know, the money ain't, that big of a factor i mean because i could i didn't did everything i pretty much wanted to do so it's more about peace of mind with me i would mm-hmm. judge them based on their uh personality and how to treat them. 
Okay. What about you, Alonzo? Uh, I'm I'm on the same thing. Like um, you you can't um expect somebody to be financially where you want them to be because. I mean, you don't know the type of life that they lived or the type of life that they're leading, you know, before they encountered you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if if it becomes a problem and you want them to make more, then, you know, you could help boost each other up and, you know, get to a certain level. But coming in, like, no. I kind of, I'm, I'm more of that sentiment, too, because I kind of felt like, it, I actually kind of got this from another podcast, which made me kind of laugh, because there was, and I, t- I tagged you and Tracy in this post, which I thought was pretty funny, and the gentlemen were saying that, don't tell her that you're broke in the beginning, because she's not going to stick around or whatever, and I just kind of thought to myself, in the beginning, you may want to kind of keep that to yourself for a number of reasons, because I'm really big on this is just temporary, so... Do you plan on staying this way? You know, if you feel like you're broke, do you plan on staying it this way? No. So why are you letting me know? It's none of my business. <laughs> you know, so that's where my, I kind of think of it. And I, with you and I haven't heard from Tracy or Siobhan on this. Like, what do you think with being a woman, if the man is not where you want them to be financially in the beginning, are you willing to kind of see where it goes and see how quickly he can get out of that situation? Tracy, you, you want to go first or me? Um, I'll go first. Okay. okay. I would give them a chance because um, you never know what type of person that, you know it, they they are, what what ambitions or goals they might have set. You know what I'm saying? So it might just be temporarily. And I feel like as long as you're doing something with yourself and you're not just out here no bum, homosexual, whatever, <laughs> whatever they're being called nowadays. You know, I feel like if you if you are legitimately out here doing something and you trying why would I not want to give you a chance? You know what I'm saying? That's good. So I, 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 I would, I would give him a chance, and and I would rather <clears throat> you tell me that you broke in the beginning because why would you waste my time? But why does it? You just said it didn't matter if he was broke or not. So why no, is he telling I, you? No, I didn't say that. I, no, oh, no. You what, <laughs> what I'm saying is. If you like broke, broke, like ain't got nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not trying to get nothing. That's what I mean. Oh, well, you're gonna know that. People, like people you'll can, figure that people, out. People can play roles. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What What about you, Siobhan? Um. So I think the question of could you date them if they weren't where you want them to be yeah, um, in the beginning. Yes, I can date you because if you're not where I want you to be, where I want you to be is a billionaire. I mean, I want Jeff Bezos money, but if you don't <laughs> have that, then the more realistic thing is I need you to be at least where I am in life, if not better. So yeah. I'm going lower than where I am. I'm sorry. I'm 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 not making that investment. I'm not I'm not one of those. I can't there's a lot of men out here in these streets. It's enough to to say I, I don't have to date a homosexual or somebody who lives with their mom or whatever. And granted, yeah, I know that that may mean that's eliminating a lot of quality men out there. Well, sorry, buddy, I'm not I'm not the 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 down in the dumps with you type. Um, you have to be at least here. We build from this level where I am on up together. But if you're talking about yeah, I work at the local Walmart and as just a cashier and 
which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not where I am in life. So I can't date you, but I can date you where I am. And then we go up from here. So the idea of, you know, you not being where making what I want you to make. I, I think that that comes down to, let's be realistic, you know, of what we want versus what is genuinely acceptable for our lifestyles. So, and I willing to make, uh, or date a guy who makes less than me? Yes, that's not a problem. I'll date a guy who makes less than me as long as you are still in the position where you take care of yourself. So I don't even think it ultimately comes down to... Oh, but a, I don't mean to cut you off for a second, but maybe mm-hmm. that cashier at Walmart does take care of himself. Maybe he lives within his means. Maybe he's a good investor. Maybe that's just a cover job. <laughs> a cover job for what? Because, ma'am, I'm not interested in that lifestyle either. Yeah, oh yeah, but that's true. Lifestyle. I mean, but it could be in the middle of writing a novel. Like, all kind of to be happy. So, I mean, that's 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 also good and gravy. Again, that's why I said there's nothing but wrong just with not, it, but just not for you. Not, not yeah, just, just not just not for me. Just not for me. Yeah, you can because there there's still again an expectation of life that I expect. So, like I said, you can make less money than me. As long as you're taking care of yourself and taking care of business, but also still able to court me and step up and be the man in the relationship and take care of things as needed. So if if that's within your means, making less money than I have, I'm perfectly fine with that. You don't need to be a billionaire for that. But if you're talking about somebody who is straight up on, hey, I got this mixtape, I'm hustling. I don't have time for that. Well, I do have a question. Um, do you think money controls who's dominant and who's submissive in a relationship? I'll, I'll start with you, Alonzo. Uh, nah, I, I I don't think so. Not in my situation. Like, because uh, at one point in my life, my wife did make more money than me. But I mean, I'm not I'm not submitting to no one. You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a I'm an alpha male. You know, but um, as far as like equal, like. It don't matter if uh, my wife make more than me or I make more than her. We 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 on the same playing field, you know. We she's always gonna be equal in my eyes, you know. Only time I want her to submit is in the bedroom, you know. Oh wow, okay. All right. <laughs> um, what about you, Ty? Uh, I don't know. I think it just depends on the on the person. Like, how high do they equate money? in terms of the relationship. So some people worship money. So if they worship money, then whoever got the most money got the most power. But for me, it wouldn't make a difference. I'm not going to treat a person more or less different because they got a lot of money or less money. You know what I'm saying? Unless they just like a, a millionaire with hundreds of millions of dollars, if they like an average working business woman or, you know, got a good job, it, it really ain't going to make a difference to me in terms of just the money. And what about you, Tracy? Do you, do you think that if a man, like if your husband had a boatload of money, do you think that you that that you would have to pretty much go along with whatever he's saying because he has so much? <laughs> or do you think that it doesn't make sense at all? Um. Yeah, that's not gonna work. That that go along with everything he say because I have a mind of my own and you know I can think, do, and speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it wouldn't work. Um, however, there are some things that I would definitely 
be significant to. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how you look at it, whoever makes the most money, that is still a man, and he should be the man of the house, period. Oh, so you're one of those. Okay. But there are some things that we're not gonna agree on, and I'm go- I'm not gonna I'm not going from I will put my foot oh. down. Period. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm sorry. Yep, there that part. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, in in other areas, I can be submissive. Yes, I talk I talk smack too. But to be honest with you, um, being a woman who has to make a lot of decisions for herself after deciding to like go into business for myself, to be honest with you, I talk smack. I'd rather have my husband just. If and whoever I'm with, I would think they have good sense. So you can pretty much run the show for the most part. Just don't get too ridiculous. Don't 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 be coming home saying that now you identify as um you know a one or something. <laughs> then, then then we're good. I'm just saying, you know. I identify as a purple penguin. Hey. Yeah, you know, as long as it don't get to that far, we good too. So I I can kind of. I can kind of feel you on that too, Tracy. Javon, what you say? You ain't going? You, you making all the money? No, no, because it's it's not that. I mean, we've had this conversation before. I that I actually like to have traditional gender roles in the household, oh, but yeah. I don't believe that making the money or whoever makes the most money dictates who runs the show uh, or who is the more dominant and who is the more submissive because. We know lots of people who don't do shit all day, who sit back while somebody else goes and makes the money and they boss them around. So yes, it is not necessarily money does not determine who gets to be in charge. Now, absolutely. There are some households where you pay the cost to be the boss and and like, yeah, I spent the money. I pay all the bills. My name is on this. My name is on that. I bought that Benz. Yeah. You do what I say when I say come and go. I understand that that is the dynamic of some households as well. But that still doesn't mean that's that's not a rule. It, you know, it, it's more an exception. It's a case where it happens. So money is not indicative of who wears the pants in the household or who is running the show. I think that's that's case by case on the the individuals and how they run things. Now, as far as my household or where I would want things with my partner. Because I do like things in the traditional gender roles. I like a man who is more assertive, but still on the same page of, I'm not just going to be a housewife barefoot and pregnant anywhere. I'll still be able to support myself and take care of myself. I still intend on working and having my businesses as well. So the idea of, well, I paid for this, I paid for that, I can tell you what to do, isn't really necessarily a thing. Like, do I expect you to be able to put me in check to a degree? Yes. But I'll, and, and I'll say this too, with, when people talk about submission, I think that people look at it as like, you've just given up and this person has control of you. And I think that in a relationship, if you are equals, then you submit to each other. It's not a matter of one person being, you, you aren't a dominatrix with a slave here, <laughs> you know? This is an equal submission because there are going to be times when, you know, your partner might get out of line and you check them and vice versa. You should be able to check each other and say, hold on now, you went too far. And for you to reel back and say, you know what? Yeah, I did. Guess what? You submitted to that person by doing that, by being agreeable in that moment. 
So I don't think that submission necessarily needs to be viewed as you're just weak and you're just taking hits from somebody all the time in your relationship. I think it's an equal give and take on that of you both are going to submit to each other because there is a level of respect that's present in that. So if and you hit it. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you hit it on the head. It's about respect to me. Um, yeah. And I think also with money, I wanted to make a disclaimer. I think that um, money is a tool. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we need to let, like, people need to realize that, like, it's just a tool. So, like, if you meet someone and let's say they only have, I don't know, this, let's say there's a thousand po- possible tools available. And you meet someone and they only have 200 tools. But you've been really working hard and you have, I don't know. 900 tools okay so together y'all have more than enough so it kind of feel like it doesn't really matter because it's just a tool Mm -hmm. you know and I just wish that if we can maybe focus on that and get back to what's really important which is the L-O-V-E the love (laughs) maybe (laughs) we'll have you know there's a little more happy relationships whether it's you know yeah, we just have more happy relationships. I kind of feel like I mean, we just right, gotta have so, these talks in the beginning so that it can be you can actually have love because love don't pay the bills. And if you you struggling, actually you love does pay the bills. And I, I I really you know I used to always say that sentence too. And I used to say cute don't pay the bills. That's what I used to say. And that doesn't cute does not pay the bills. I mean, to yeah, me, in age of social media, yes, it does bills. now. So that's that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unmarketed <laughs> cuteness. Unmarketed cuteness does not pay the bills. However, I feel like love does pay the bills because in my life I have gone through a lot of things. And I have to say that even no matter how hard you work and sometimes you may still need a little help. And if whoever gives you help, because help comes from all over the place, that's love. Someone, someone extended a hand to you, someone, you know helped you out or whatever that's love you know or help pay the bills or whatever that's love love literally does pay the bills so I just kind of feel like um yeah we need more love that's the way I feel well when when you put it like that I can I can I can see that that perspective that that makes sense actually I can yeah, I, but we all can agree that unmarketed cuteness is a waste unmarketed market cuteness is a waste and if yes. OnlyFans get their stuff back together, then you can be cute online and making your money like you used to all over again. So did that really get shut down? Is that what's happened? Not it, yet. It's, it's um, not that it got yeah. shut down. It's that you can't be explicitly... The explicit sex or pornography cannot be displayed anymore, which was right. how a good deal of the folks on there made their chunk of change. Right. They, mm. they done already um, backstepped on that, con- that statement, though. Oh, oh really? Really? Oh, what yeah. happened with it? They they said that the bank is going to finance it, so basically, um, you could keep the explicit content. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like like that money talk, you know. Well, okay. by by all means, y'all make make y'all money then. Mm. Well, I, that's kind of good to hear. Um, maybe some of these girls here because in Houston they're cracking down on bisonette, y'all. So if you're out there working now, you got only until September first. <laughs> Because they rounded up the troops, they cracked it down on Bissonette. Y'all find everybody laptop, and now you can um get your webpage on OnlyFans and keep the money going. So <laughs> there's a solution because they're cracking down in Houston about it. Well, y'all, it's been over an hour with our okay. show, and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Taye Yuhuru for joining us from Cape Verde today. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you didn't feel like, like, what was this? What just happened here? Because um, you really No, did. no, I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. No, I'm loving the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you coming. You can come back anytime. Any more tours, any new books, anything like that. We definitely, this will be a forever home that you can come to and plug it, plug it, plug it. So what you're doing is important together in our schedules together. And we're going to come down there. Before we going to do Ghana. Everybody want to do Ghana? I want to do Ghana. I, I did Egypt. I'm ready for Ghana. I'm ready for the other countries. Let's go there. I haven't done anything. I got a passport, so I'm ready to go. Passport ready! Let's go! Okay. Let's go. <laughs> the positive right. enthusiasm goes back to Africa. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that'll be dope. Do a podcast yeah. from now. Oh, yeah. We have to do it live, too. Like We, we have to do it live. We got to figure out how to put, up, put our real faces out there so people can see us. The sweat and all, because it's going to be hot. Yeah, I mean... I should do pretty well there as a white man. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Make Tracy bring bring Chad sunscreen. <laughs> chip, chip, chip is on his own. Okay. <laughs> I'll bring my sun hat. <laughs> hey, don't be hitting on the sun hats, y'all. See me in the morning, mile. <laughs> so, but anywho. I want to thank all of y'all, especially you, Alonzo, too. You bring that male energy. We had we brought some more with you tonight. And Tracy, I hope you better get well soon, girl. <laughs> Look, I am on the road to recovery, baby. All right. And Siobhan, you know, be safe out there. You know, it's it's, it's raining out here. And it's, it's raining over here with me, too. So I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. I know. We know how hard it is for a white man in these streets. So, I mean, just it's not that hard. <laughs> really? I heard they're pulling, I... pulling you guys over now. Right. Um, that, that's a myth. That's a myth. <laughs> That's a myth. We'll take care of that. We'll take care of that at the DMV when I get my license changed. We'll take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so very much. Um, Talia, I know it's probably after 1 o'clock in the morning there, so I really appreciate you. And I always say, everyone, please do something nice for somebody else, and I guarantee Uh, you. Go ahead. No, one one more time. I just want Talia to... um, let every all the listeners know where they um they could find them on the platform. Yes, yes. thank you, thank you. Let everyone know, Taye. What was that? Can you let everyone know um, where they, where they can find you on all your social media platforms? Oh, okay. Um, yeah my my Instagram is Camp Cleveland. My Facebook is Camp Cleveland. My YouTube Camp Cleveland, and my website is campcleveland.org. All right, you guys heard it here. Not first, and it won't be last. Y'all gonna keep hearing it. Camp Cleveland, check it out. And I want everybody, I'm gonna say it one more time, do something nice to somebody. And if when you do something nice to somebody, something nice will be done unto you. It's universal law. And um, yeah, good night, everybody. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll catch you next week. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Peace. Yep. Thank you. Peace.